Try the new Nature's Way High Strength Vita Gummies for adults from Chemist Warehouse now only $19.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. out from the Raiders line on tackle five. Here's Nickel Klukstar back towards the middle to Johnson. Johnson with players running oh. through and Luke Metcalf gets another for the Warriors underneath the posts. It's going to be 22 points to wait. Kick to come. 17 minutes to play and the Warriors are spoiling the party Blake Aisman. And this will do it. The Hawks Bay Hawks a tremendous fourth quarter marred by a missed call to end the game and they can't believe it they walk off the floor with the time still expiring over the byline and it's all over new zealand winners at a FIFA Women's World Cup for the very first time. Would you believe it? I'm so fizzed. Yes. How good. I'm tired too. I'm so unfit. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Oh, man. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. Last night, I don't know. I had goosebumps. I had goosebumps. I was watching with my son and he was asking me a million questions. I was like, shut up. <laughs> and because uh, I don't know. But now I know. Now I know. Mate, that was outstanding, lads, last night. I'm, I'm lost for words. So good. Kez, you were there. What was it like? Oh, dagger, my heart's still racing. Oh, Jeepers, I've never heard a crowd like that in New Zealand at all. And I was at the uh, the Rugby World Cup final last year. I've, I've been through it all. I was there in uh, 2010, Rory Feller, but nah, look, nothing, nothing at all compared to... To that last night, hearing forty thousand people scream handball at the same time. Oh, <laughs> as a football fan, my dreams have come true. I loved it, mate. I oh. loved it. What a moment for New Zealand! What a moment! What a moment! Rick Dog, give us something! Give us something, brother! One nil, nine bucks at the tab. 
Mate, I've never been more happy to be wrong. Like I, yeah. I mean, like I, you know, I was asked by Smithy yesterday. I was asked by you. Been asked by people the last couple of weeks. What chance are we got to get somewhere? And I'm like, mm, none. Like looking at our, our form coming in. I mean, you know, I, I don't think you're the only one. No, you're not the only one. I mean, just two what, uh, a few days ago, they played Italy, who are ranked 16th in the world, and lost one nil. So you know, they've, they've had trouble scoring goals. I think uh, what a goal! They, they've, that's only the fourth goal they've scored in the last 14 games. Right, so oh. that kind of puts it into perspective, and it's probably the best team they've played in that time as well. So yeah, it came out of the blue that, but they they raised for the occasion. They really did raise for the occasion. They played some of the best football they've played under Klimkova. When she first took over, she got them playing mm. front foot, and they they looked like that. And then they seemed to regress. And I don't know what we've seen the last eighteen months, but it wasn't that. And so happy to be wrong after that last night. Oh man, that was just um, from the get go. They were applying pressure. They were all over Norway. Every time Norway got the ball, the defensive end led by Rebecca Stott, I thought they were, she did an outstanding job. And then obviously they made the change late. They were under so much pressure towards the end, but they'd done enough. And they had the pressure. They had the pressure. And I said it at halftime when I put out a tweet. I said, look, we, we've got the pressure on them. Now we're going to convert it into points, into a goal. And that goal, Kempe, it must be a training paddock goal because there's two Two players down the end with the goalkeeper. They go to the player. The player kicks it to the right edge. Right edge hits it in the middle. They go down the right edge. They go down the, the right end uh, side. They kick it into the middle. Wilkinson scores. And it just looked like a PlayStation game. Everything happened so perfectly. It was. And uh, the, the way that Hannah Wilkinson finished that off was like uh, every, I guess every 40, the 40,000 people would have been screaming, but every household in New Zealand that had that, uh, that, footage on the whole house was screaming when they when they uh, finally converted all that pressure from the first half and the second half you know the, the the kick down the right side to find the the right winger the speed the perfect the perfection of the pass I thought last night the game watching the game I've never seen them sort of more on point like you're talking about their defense and the pressure they put on Norway but their passing and the way that they they were just so confident in getting the getting the ball to each other and um, mate, you couldn't have asked for a better start to the to the FIFA um, Women's World Cup. You know what I mean? It's just Eden Park full. What does it remind you of? I said I said to, to Jay last night. I said, "Here we go again." You know, it's going to go crazy in this country again <laughs> with all that with all the support for uh, football. And that's a great thing about it. Like everyone that was there, all the kids will be talking about it today. Um, and yeah. after what was a really sad morning for us yesterday morning, mm. um, with mm. what eventuated down in the CBD in Auckland, uh, well, they put a smile back on our face last night. Yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's exactly what we wanted to see, isn't it? And, it, you know, that, that game last night as well, boys, the biggest crowd ever to watch a football game in New Zealand. Mm. So that, yes. that, that went over the top of what we saw in 2010 when the All Whites qualified for South Africa. The biggest crowd ever to watch a football game and in that's New Zealand. A, that's 100 and, uh, 115,000 people to the two opening games. I think it was 74,000 watched the Matildas win 1-0 against Ireland last night. It's, it's the people, the people that have got behind this. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, Gino, he'd be a happy man. 
You really, any seats you, on the? Where do you reckon he starts? Any seats on the bus, Kempi? You reckon there's any seats left on the bus? <laughs> I tell, we're so I'm out, about to jump on. We're, we're running out of buses in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> we're running out of the, we've just had them all jump back on the All Blacks one, and we've got to go and find another one now to get one here oh. for, our, for our ladies who won last night. It's uh, oh mate, so much good sport. And then we got the Ashes and what's going on over there. Like it's just so much. And the Open Championship as well. I mean, we've got we've got all that to, to get to, but there is so much good sport on right now. But you're right. I mean. You know, the knock-on effects of this and the fact, like, Kez mm. was there last night, the crowd, the kids, the you know, just that next generation coming through. I mean, Kempe talked about it yesterday, a bit about participation numbers in Aussie. 1.1 million people play football in Australia. Yeah. That's the biggest sport by about 400,000. I tell you, uh, it just the, doubled last one. night. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's going to do. <laughs> That's what it's going to do. But- that's exactly what the World Cup needed, lads. You know, for, particularly for the for the football fans. You look at the Black Ferns. There's a lot of apprehension last year. How we're going to go? We didn't know we'd come off poor results. Wayne Smith change come in, and then they get to an Eden Park sellout. They get in a solid performance against Australia, and then they start reviving, and everyone starts watching, taking notice. Now they head to Wellington on Tuesday. The Caton. Some would say the home of football in New Zealand against the Philippines and a chance to carry on this historical moment. First win, period, for any football team in a World Cup. Men's, women's, whatever. Ah, it's so good. And the the big thing too, Izzy, not to forget there, is the Philippines, that's the game that before the World Cup Mm. you went, this is the game the football firms win at this World Cup. Right, because we've beaten this Filipino team before. They're ranked below us. We win this. We're in the next round. We're in the knockout phase. Yeah, that's exa- that's exactly right. I think that's why everyone was so happy last night because they, you know, from going well, we'll make it through. Maybe with a bit of luck, we might get there. Well, now it's in our own hands. Mm. You know, this this trip to Wellington to the Caketon. I reckon the tickets this morning are and it's sold out. Caketon sold out. I saw a tweet online and it said it was it was sold out. It's starting to get a little bit slow. When you look at the matchups, just before we move on, lads, Rebecca Stott, Ada Hegebird, mm. uh, you know the striker for for Norway. Yep. you know big threat, big name. Wow, didn't have any impact in that game. Fast? How fast is she? Oh, she's quick, but she didn't she didn't have mm. any am, am, any ammunition. You know, I, I think that's mm. the thing. You know, it's Stott did a good job of of keeping mm. it contained, but you've also got to really give it to Ali Riley and CJ Bott, the mm. two fullbacks, mm. because the players oh. the players that Ali they Riley were marking was very good. Yeah, the players they were marking were the ones supposed to be feeding the ammunition to Hegerberg, and they just weren't getting the opportunities. They were getting shut down. CJ Bott for me. Outstanding. She was again one mm. great. You know, I remember seeing her play at the Olympics when we played the USA last time in Japan, and she had uh, Megan Raponi in her in her back pocket. Mm. Uh, so she's 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 a very very good player. I mean, she plays in the women's Premier League over in England for, for Leicester City. She's she's a great player. Beautiful. Yeah, the little of faith. Our girls were fantastic last night, and they didn't look intimidating in black. And didn't they look intimidating in black? Norway were unsettled by constant pressure and had no rhythm to their game. Then, what a goal. Straight out of the Man City playbook. Look out, world. We are no longer the easy beats from Craig. Double eight, double three. your reaction to last night's performance from our football ferns. Are you on the wagon? Is there enough seats left on the bus? We'd love to hear from you on the text machine. All right, lads. Let's tack a little bit right here. Feels, I don't know how I feel about this, but what do you reckon, Ricardo? The following is a triple threat match, 
and it is for the World Heavyweight Championship. <sighs> Ooh, yeah, is, I'll tell you what, Izzy's rehab must be coming on really well. I've, I haven't seen him move this much in, in a morning uh, for a long time. How's, how's the knee feeling, <laughs> I'm brother? Je- I'm jealous, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually feeling good, bro. Like, I'm, I'm biking, I'm walking, no crutches, and um, yeah, yeah, I biked hard the other day. I was pretty sore, but. I'm good, man. I'm ready to dance. All right. Well, let's get into it. The triple threat's <laughs> dangerous. We've covered off the football fans. <laughs> what about the Wallabies swinging the axe? The, they've made five changes to the team. Desperation. And they got five changes. <laughs> they don't have five changes. Look, I don't even know the players that are coming in. They've dropped some big names, Ricardo. Yeah. Pete, Pete Samu. Samu. Tom Wright. And then you've got Reese Hodge. And then there's a couple of others, but mate, three absolute big names have played a hell of a lot of test matches. This is desperation from Eddie. He's got to try something different, but whether that's the right decision, I don't know. He's probably trying to, you know what he does? You know what he does, El Eddie? Creates a bit of edge. Never, no one's ever safe in his environment. Whether he'll get the same reaction out of, out of the Wallabies like he did in England, unsure, but desperation, Kempi. Anyway, well, I'm going to say he's not going to get the same reaction, mate. I reckon he's going to get an absolute hiding. Like, you can't make five <laughs> changes, not against an all-black team that went out and performed like that against South Africa and the Pumas. You know what I mean? Mm. It, I, look, I hope Fozzie absolutely winds the boys up and tells them to go out there and give them an absolute hiding. You know what I mean? Like, forget Eddie Jones. Make those changes. Good on you, Eddie. You just yeah, come come down here wherever we play. You play in a backyard on a on a school field somewhere and give you an absolute smashing. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he's come out and said the All Blacks better watch out. It's just just watch out for what? <laughs> I, I, reckon, I reckon it's got it's got too for me. It's got too much about Eddie Jones. Mm. I feel sorry mm. for those guys. Mm. You know, I feel yeah. so, I feel really sorry for those Eddie. guys not getting a chance. That's what Eddie did in England. In England, it was Eddie's way or the highway. That's just how he coaches. They knew what they signed up for. So Rugby Australia, they're getting what they, they bought. And, uh, look, they're playing at the MCG. Potentially might be a cricket school, let's. So uh, we'll have to wait and see, the Wallabies. But, <laughs> hey, so. tonight, what's the weather like? It is trucking down, mate, at the moment. <laughs> Absolute trucking down. And that was, that's the question. Kempi, this weather... In Auckland, who does it suit? I mean, like Canberra is not exactly a tropical paradise. So, who does nah, it? Who does, freezing down there. Who does this weather suit better, the Warriors or the Raiders? Oh, look, look. I've had a look at the uh, weather forecast, and you wouldn't really trust it. Is but we started getting a little bit of rain yesterday afternoon, and it has bucketed down all night up here in uh, Tamaki. It's it's sort of, oh, I reckon going to be like this all day. But I'm picking that it's actually going to clear up. I reckon if you're going along to the game tonight, I reckon around five, six o'clock it's going to clear up before kickoff. Um, and I think it favours the Warriors. I did see think it favours the Warriors. Kempe, yeah. I'd like to ask you this question because the games that the Warriors have been poor, the ball's been slippery, the ball's been wet, we haven't had the control that we've had in the past. Are you a little bit concerned or you've moved on from the previous performance? Like that one we dropped at home previous to the Sharks. We've got an absolute hiding against the Rabbitohs, and it was wet and it was ugly, and we played a brand of league that didn't suit the conditions. And you're dead right. And and we spoke about we spoke about this, me and Sammy Hewitt, um, that'll be calling the game tonight about that. The first one, yep, you you put that in your pocket and say, okay, well, you know, that was just a bad game. The second one, well, it's a bit of a coincidence. So the Roosters and South, and then again tonight, you've got this one now that says if they do it again, then we've definitely got a problem. And I think in the belly of the of the of the team, 
you know, which is our middle of the park, because that's where they've been beaten both times. So I'm, I'm, I said to Sam, I, I don't think they'll get done again. I think Andrew Webster's done enough to say to the the middle pack, mate. If you have a look, they brought back in Josh Curran and Bailey Surinan onto the bench tonight, so they dropped Lussick out with Tom Ali. So he's gone big on the bench. He's gone, right, this is going to be a game, you know, with the way the weather is, I need to bring these two guys in and play in the middle of the park. Um, and I think he's done enough. After those two games, you're talking about South, you're talking about the Roosters to say, boys, get ready. Like, tonight, don't let yourself down. It's, it's going to be one in the middle of the park. The thing with it, like, how, like I said, it's the biggest game of the year, I reckon, this one. How good is it to be tested against this Canberra, Pat? Yeah, very good, especially with, you know, Papa Lee coming back as well. That's Tarpenir, Whitehead, you know what I mean, a, That's Horsberg. a big side through the middle, right? Uh, just having a look at the latest from the Met Service. Morning and afternoon, heavy falls possible downpours, easing this evening. Uh, gusting to 90 kilometres an hour in exposed places. <laughs> well, last week it was about forty. It was about forty knots last week, and it played a part in the kicking game. You know, Hines couldn't get into that wind, and uh, Sean Johnson. It, it actually helped. Sean Johnson got the best kick game in the comp. Yeah, so there you go. All He's right. going to need it. Well, there you go. He's going to need it. What do you think? The wires in this weather. Who does it suit best? Uh, how big was that? That massive win for the football ferns. How fizzed are you about the World Cup now? Text us the temper bed post text machine double eight double three. Beautiful. How deep can they go? Are you on the wagon? Because I am. I wonder if I can <laughs> find a size of a football fern shirt. Yeah, look, I'll be honest. They I love the supporting gear. Kiwi team. Oh, mate, they look, mate, they they look dangerous. I love, I was watching, Is that camouflage? I was watching the coach on the sideline going, get me one of those jackets, Rick Dog. Jeez, <laughs> how nice. But I can't even get us an interview. I'm not getting us a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, please. Please, we've been trying to get some football fans off for a very long time. Please, please. We just want to we just want to pump your tyres up. Come on, be on our show. Like our guests coming up, Dan. McCarty, SEMZ football commentator, did a stellar job last night along Phoenix, uh, alongside Phoenix captain Lily Orfield. We've got Justin Nelson from Sky Sports, and we're going to be talking uh, the Rams game last night, controversial oh, ending to off. the regular time. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be talking a bit more about that. And then Al Sheikh Chirac, he's got a couple of horses this weekend, maybe filling up Kimpy's pockets. Hopefully he can help us out as well. And remember, the SCNZ is your home for the Ashes. Uh, end of day two. Um, England uh, hit by 60-odd runs, 67 runs stumps on day two. Zach Crawley, 189, led the way. They resume tonight at nine on 384-4-4. Uh, so let us know if you're going to watch and how you're going to see that game play out. They're in a pretty commanding position at the moment. England will shoot away. We'll come back. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Ed. Yes, welcome back. I'm relaxed now. I got a bit of too excited at the start of the show, but why not? How could you not, man? It was absolutely so good last night. And so proud of our football ferns. Uh, we're going to do our SENZ roll call. Let, text us now. Where are you listening? We want to know the place where you are in the country and what are you doing while you're listening to the show on the uh, on the airways or on the SEN app. Love to hear from you, SENZ roll call. But yesterday, Ricardo... Big news out of Australia. The Matildas obviously getting up 1-0 over Ireland, but Sam Kerr, mm, two no. weeks, two games. Two games, yeah, that's that's big for the Aussies because she is mm. out and out their best player. 
You know, she is, she's a legitimate superstar. She's one of the best players, if not the best female player in the world wow. at the moment. And, um, yeah, for her, that that injury is really unfortunate. Um, it's, yeah, it's just going to be see how they, they negotiate the rest of this, right? So they've got, uh, I think, Nigeria next, which they mm. should win. They should be too strong for the Nigerians. But she needs to be back for Canada because... You know, the Canadians are actually ranked higher than the Aussies in the world rankings, but the Aussies are the top seeds because they're the hosts. That's how it works with FIFA. So mm. that is the big game because if they don't win that, then uh, they'll finish second in their pool probably, which means, you know, you're playing top seed teams, teams that are winning their pools. So mm. it, just, it just makes your progression that much harder if you're not winning if you're not winning your pool. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's mate, it's going to be tight. It's going to be real tight. Uh, so they got a genuine chance? they got a genuine the, chance if, to take this out? If Sam Kerr's fit, yes. Yeah, she's that mm. much of a difference maker. You know, she really is. I mean, she's, she can score from anywhere. She can create goals out of nothing. So she's a fantastic, fantastic player. So she, I mean, put it this way: EA Sports do the, you know, the FIFA game that you can play. Mm, mm. Who's on the cover? The latest one is Kylian Mbappe and Sam Kerr. Those are the two cover stars. Wow! That's wow! How good she is. That's huge. Yeah, that's massive. That's mate. huge. She makes over a million think of the dollars. Names? Yeah, she makes over a million dollars a year US in endorsements alone, outside of her contract with Chelsea. What's the contract with Chelsea with? Uh, I think it's round about three, four hundred thousand pounds a year. So not massive oh. compared to the men's, you know. But still, in terms of the, of the women's game, it's pretty big. Women's game twenty twenty seven pay quali- uh, quality is or pay, you know, is going to be equal. Hmm. And so now it's thirty million. I think a while back it was fifteen million, and it's gone up to about thirty million now. Potentially, twenty twenty seven going to be even. Are you think we're they're heading in the right direction in terms of pay quality? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, uh, th- th- there has been a bit of talk about that because the Matildas actually uh, made a, bit, a stand, um, had had a uh, made a stand about that. Uh, and said, you know, and criticised FIFA because it's. I think the prize money on offer at this World Cup for the women is a quarter of what it was for the men's World Cup last year. Um, but I think that you know, you got to take a step back. It, yes, we want equality. Yes, we want the same opportunities. But Mate, the, how, how, the, how, thing, the, how the are difference gonna... is this time round. Previously, they used to bundle the women's World Cup and the men's World Cup together. Now they've made them separate entities, so they've got to earn the money on on their own right. I was just going to say though, but how yeah. how like Gino and all of the mates and the boys and that, where they're going to stay if they give them more money? Like they're probably going to have to go and stay at a Quest or something like that. <laughs> Might have to come bunking at your Kempi. <laughs> <laughs> mate, there'll be plenty of change left over, Kempi. Don't, don't worry, you don't about worry about FIFA, that. Mate. FIFA not short of coin. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm over the I'm over the fish heads getting all the all the all the fish. You know what I mean? Like cut it. Out, mate, share it out. The players are the one that make the game, you know. Oh, Kimpy, you've been a fishhead once or t- once or twice, <laughs> aren't you, bloody star? Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you I can tell you. I'll tell you a few stories about that. Um, talking about talking about fishheads, I'm actually heading over to Kizzes today. Uh, is um, <laughs> teach them how to make a boil up. Well, I'm going to teach him how to make something. Yeah, like he, I give him give him a bit of venison, a bit of venison mince, and uh, he's telling me about his cooking escapades uh, oh, late last week. Shambles. It was. It was. So I said, "Listen, okay, I'm going to come over. I'm going to give you some tips." I said, "There's a there's two or three things that every guy needs to know how to cook." I said, "Do you know how to cook eggs?" He went, "Yeah, I make great eggs." I said, "Okay, sweet." I said, "Do you know how to make a stew?" And he was like, "Not really." And I said, "Do you know how to make a soup?" 
you know, so we're going to go over there today at uh, four o'clock before the Warriors game. That's our pre-game. Me and Kez, and I'm cooking us, and I'm cooking them a mince stew. Cooking lessons with Kempi. I hope you're videoing this. It's got to be on our socials. <laughs> Put it up, lads. I want to see you burn down the house. How good? <laughs> stay the first stay. week in there, mate. We're gonna we're gonna do some damage, Kempi. Oh, look after me. Oh, clean up your mess. Don't be a messy cook too. Do the dishes while you're mm. cooking. My wife is perfect at that job. Anyway, boys, we're going to shoot off. We've got some headlines with Rick Dog coming up. But before then, we'll get some news with Aroha for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. 25 away from 7 o'clock. Here's some headlines for you. Uh, St. George gave their fans something to cheer about last night as they edged the Tigers 18-14 in the Battle of the Spoon. Tries to Ravalawa, <laughs> Sloan and Lomax. And six points off the boot of Zach Lomax steered them home. Tim Sheen's men are now four points adrift at the foot of the NRL table. The Poms are in control of the fourth Ashes test after putting the Australian attack to the sword at Old Trafford overnight. Zach Crawley led the charge with 189 as England finished day two, 384 for four. Moen Ali and Joe Root also notched half centuries and the Aussies have suffered a bit of a scare. Mitch Stark went off the field late in the day after falling awkwardly on his shoulder. And how's this, boys? Yeah, the Poms. Go the Poms. <laughs> Go the Poms. Uh, PSG superstar Neymar has said that he would have named his unborn son Messi if it was a boy. The Brazilian's partner... You name every boy Messi. <laughs> Bruna Biancardi is pregnant with the couple's first child. They are going to have a baby girl, they announced at their gender reveal party, and their daughter will be named Marvi. But in an interview with Brazilian TV show Kaz TV, Neymar was asked, if your baby was a boy, have you thought about what would you name him? And he said, yes, Messi. Like, wow. like that's a Brazilian naming his kid after an Argentinian. That's like Palais saying he'd name his kid Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brazilian naming his kid after Argentinian is crazy to think, but whoo, Messi. What about Messi's impact he's had it in Miami? Oh. Uh, he is just taking over the city. It is pink everywhere. He's got his first game tomorrow, isn't it? Uh, is it tomorrow? Yeah, it's coming up soon. It's definitely coming up soon. Mm. And you know they're stacking that team now. That I tell you, if you if you want to, Izzy, I know that you like to get mm. uh, to, to jump on on bandwagons and buses. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if, I'll get me messy shit. Yeah, get yourself an Inter Miami shirt because they've just announced. Uh, not only have they got Jordi Elba, who's a former Spanish international who played with them at Barca. They've also signed Sergio Busquets, Spanish international, played at Barca, won Champions League, played played in midfield, and now they're trying to get Luis Suarez, the ex Liverpool striker. So they are just stacking the stacking that into Miami team with Messi's mates, basically. And you and you know the best thing about it, Messi can go and get groceries because no one knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's mate, true. He's uh. Mate, did you see this? Did you see um that that clip or that day had over two billion views, two point three billion views for uh, Messi's introduction to Miami and, and the Miami Football Club. 
2.3 million views. Beckham has made the signing of the year, and now he's paying absolute dividends, really. He'll be getting a ton of cash for this influence that he's had at the club. It's so good to see. Thank you, Ricardo, for those headlines. We've got to shoot off because we've got Quizzy Dag, and we've got Al Shake Chirac for our Love Racing update coming up. 0800 150 Give me a call if you want to take on the quiz master. I'm not going to tell you the price, eh? You have to wait and see. So give us a call, and we want to get you sorted out. 0800-150-811. Pack it in, let me begin. Get on your phones, dial me for a win. I won't give you answers, no matter what you ask me. Try and play the quiz, things won't get nasty. Get up, stand up, come and throw your hands up. If you got the feeling, get the phone's lines ringing. Came to get paid, we came to get paid. So get on your phones and dial now. Call now, 0800. Call now, 150. Call now, 811. Yes, 0800-150-811. If you want to give it a go, you know what to do. It's all got the flow. Talking football ferns and you even know. Come on, let's go. We got Mr. Rangi on the line. Morena, Rangi. Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Where about you live, Rangi? Oh, just top it all, bro. Just down here listening to you boys just about to go and chop some wood in the forest. Nice, nice. Bit more mahi than Kez has ever done. So here, we'll hopefully uh, inspire him to get out there and do some mahi later on today. Good luck. Good luck, Rangi. Here we go. Who scored? The Football Ferns. Who scored for the Football Ferns in the win v Norway last night? Uh, oh, great shoe shop and you can have a shave with that old Hannah. Is a Hannah Wilkinson. Yes, Hello Wilkinson is correct. <laughs> Question number two: Which two teams won through and uh, went through in this tonight's and the East NBL playoffs last night? Sorry. Uh, you don't know. Three. Two. Dropped off the line, Dan. Ah, you go, Rangi. See you later. No worries. Get out of here. We're going to move on. Uh, Brett from Huntley. Morning, Brett. <laughs> Morning, Brett. I think Rangi might be my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon Rangi is your cousin? I'm pretty sure. I'm uh, pretty sure. Oh, he might be my uncle, actually. <laughs> Not even, don't lie Anyway, question number two Which two teams went through in the sales NBL playoffs last night? Uh, was Hawks Bay win? Oh, you having a... Are you being sad? Are you being sad to me? <laughs> you know it was Hawks Bay It wasn't Hawks Bay Alright, Brett, get out of here See you later, brother Thanks for the I, call I Have a good weekend Okay, you go, you go get him a mince and cheese pie. He loves it. Mark from Tauranga. Morning, lads. Morning. Morning, morning, Marky. Yes. Canterbury Rams, Franklin Bulls went through last night. Controversial. We got uh, Justin on after, the, after eight. We're going to talk some NBL. How many points did Zach Lomax score for the Dragons in their win against the Tigers last night, Mark? Question. I didn't watch the game because I was watching the, the soccer, so... Have a guess. Um, Have you got a clue? 
Grand Fox. Can you please? Ten. A try and three conversions is correct. Ten points. Question number four. What milestone does Stuart Board bring up on day one of the fourth Ashes test? Yes. Here he is. He's on one. Here we go. And most of those are David Warner. Here we go. <laughs> Question number five to get yourself a little pack. The All Blacks beat Scotland 40-0 in their final group game of the 2000 Rugby World Cup. 2007 Rugby World Cup. Who scored two tries that day? Oh. No idea. Liam's on a shovel. I'll take a hell <laughs> Dougie Hallett, I know you've been desperate for desperate to go play some golf, so you've got to play Bay Voucher coming your way, Mark, from Tauranga. There you go. You can take clients and go play a little bit of golf, brother. Appreciate your call, and uh, we'll catch you next week, Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Stay tuned, because we've got Al Shake Sharrock coming up. He's going to give us a little steer into his big race meeting coming up this weekend, and get Kempi paid. Try the new Nature's Way high-strength Vitagummies for adults from Chemist Warehouse, now only $19.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, call us anytime, 0800 150 811, find a thoroughbred race and we're lucky this morning because we're heading down to my home in Taranaki where Al's probably up at the Gap getting a first-hand look at track conditions. Good morning, Al. What are they looking like down there, the track conditions? Is it wet? Is it heavy? Uh... No, mate, it's blowing, though. Blowing. That's, the wind's picked up last night, blowing a gale. A bit like Fleurisy Point here at the moment. It's cold. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's cold. You me, you've, got your, you've got your singlet and your shorts on. You're like a fur seal, mate. Cut it out. You know what it's like, mate. When you're coming down there, that mountain's blowing through through Taranaki. You don't uh, you don't get the cold up here in Auckland like you do down there. What what are you expecting tomorrow? You've got a couple of um, obviously really good horses in. What are you expecting tomorrow? <laughs> uh, both, both work both work really well um, with the weights that been allotted with Parksy on. They've got to be clearly better than the rest. So I'm hoping that works in my favour. You know, but. Uh, I think didgeridoo probably a better bet when you look at the weight to the cup. You know, the, the good horse has got to give those other horses seven kilos. So it's not going to be easy for Ned, but, hey, I couldn't be happier with both horses at the moment. They're spot on. Didgeridoo came fifth in its last race, only second start. One, what, like a champ in its first start. Just cruise, just easing it in. Is this the, the race that you, you're targeting? Yeah, always going to be better over 14 or a mile, is he? Um, and we've implicated mm. Blinkers. He's very much like his brother. He was always destined to be. He should have been born with Blinkers on, is he? A lot of them should have. <laughs> and men as well at times. Yeah. And what, what else have you got, Al? You got anything else in there, uh, today, uh, tomorrow down there? No, just the two. Um, so Bruce is coming down. Obviously, you're not, Max. So, um, yeah, hopefully we have a good day. Mate, when you look at the Opanaki Cup, you've got just asked me, and look, at the start of the season, did you expect Jam to be running as well as he has run this year? Uh, he's probably exceeded where I thought he was because he's, he's got to a point in the weights, is he, where every race is hard for him. There's not many wet track handicappers. Well, there's none with a rating of 101, but uh, he's won nearly 
half a million in stakes, I suppose he deserves it, but there's always a cap between him and the next horse down. So it makes it tough for him, but he's earned the points and he's earned the money, so he's take it on the chin, but he's the old dog for the hard road, I reckon. Beautiful. Biggest threat in the Opanaki Cup, mate, if we can look anywhere um, else. Is there any who's got biggest... They're back in Wessex, but she's three, rising four. She's only a baby. It's a funny race, as I look at them, and yeah, they're pretty even lot, the rest of them. Um, but as I say, I'd be happy if I had one on 53 and I saw Miles at 60. So, um, yeah, let's see how it plays out. Al, how, how are you feeling about the racing game? You know, like you've, you've had this entang stuff go on. You've got lots of changes at the uh, at, at the top happening as well. How How's the... Um, the racing industry feeling about changes overall? Oh, generally, Mac, it's positive. You know, I, I can see, you know, most people have got to be up in their step. There's money coming. There's more money coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you'll find that not so many will be exported. If, if you get a good horse and you think you can um, make some money, you'll probably retain them going forward. Whereas, you know, we were a free trading place for like Hong Kong and Australia because we couldn't win the money here. Yeah. Is, is there one you can, uh, as the, I guess the rain goes away and the tracks start to firm up, get leading into the spring, is there one that you can just let us in on to keep an eye on going uh, going closer uh, towards the firmer tracks? Oh, mate, I've got some lovely young horses. Um, yeah, well, I'll probably answer that question in another month. We'll have rain till then, boys. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, give me a ring then. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Well, mate, you, uh, you go well tomorrow, and uh, I know you've got those two boys ready. So uh, thanks for coming on and joining me and Izzy this morning for breakfast and giving our listeners a chance to actually hear it from the horse's mouth. Go well, mate. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good day. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, Al. There you go, Al. Share it. Grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to far find a race day near you and yeah mate the, the only problem with uh, Jam and Al calls him he's nicknamed Ned when he when he says Ned he's talking about Jam uh, just ask me and of course his half brother um, Mr Didgeridoo they both carry in top weight um, Mr yeah. Didgeridoo's at 59 just like you Matt yeah just like <laughs> me Matt um, and of course you've got uh, Jam caught, you know, he's carrying 59 as well and he's given all those other horses 7 kilos because they're all carrying 53 so uh, our target is the Winter Cup um, but Al said that he is going pretty well this week and he wouldn't be surprised Yeah I've had a look at uh, the, the field and there's some good horses racing in that Opanaki Cup, I've looked at number 10 Make Time, that's actually one of my mate's uh, horses which has had a, had a win in 2 seconds in its last 3 starts so uh, we're watching that with interest Kempi, appreciate that Al Sharok hopefully giving you a lead in Mr Didgeridoo and just ask me but if you're going to have a punt please gamble responsibly R18 coming up after eight, uh, 7 o'clock we've got Dan McCarty he's going to join us and talk to us about that Amazing occasion at Eden Park. The fortress, some would say. Tim, Kiwi teams at Eden Park. Unbeatable. Well, Dan McCarty was doing the call last night with Lily Allfield, Phoenix captain, and they did a stellar job. I hope you enjoyed that call and that coverage. Well, he's going to come up and help us uh, just really relive that emotion.
that feel, that energy that we brought out of the 6 o'clock hour. Joe, Morena boys, one of the biggest nights ever in New Zealand sport last night. Absolutely amazing result and so well deserved. The Aussie game was a letdown compared to the white, uh, the Football Ferns holler up. If you need any recipe assistance, Kempi is pig on the spit here in Tairawhiti is on with 600 hangi on serving oh, a yeah, kura matariki good. lunch. Up the Warriors tonight. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse and find Calvin Klein Euphoria for Men 50ml for only $39.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. from Gummy Half will take the tackle. Grant Atkins will blow the whistle and the Warriors will spoil the Jared Croker party in Canberra by a margin of 36 points to 14. A clinical second half from a team that had only scored six in the first and had barely any ball. They have stormed home. If that ball's on the rim and he's, t- he's touching the net, they're saying no shot. Are they not going to look at it? They have to look at that. This is why we have replay. This has summed up the whole season. This is the point of replay. Silly had a player over. New Zealand right wing side. Ball's baited to hand. Hand goes fast forward. Great pace. Ball in. And a Wilkinson's there. She scores. New Zealand are on top! Hannah Wilkinson! It had to be Hannah! It of course had to be Hannah Wilkinson! She's done it again! Yes, welcome back. It is Friday the 21st of July and we're heading into the weekend and what a night last night. I hope you enjoyed the call on SCNZ. Daniel McCarty and Lily Allfield were calling that game and uh, you can catch that game and coverage of the Football World Cup on our app. And remember the Ashes as well. We've got everything. We've got all the sport that you need to get your fix. Aussie lead. Uh, Aussie. Uh, 67 runs behind at stumps on day two as Zach Crawley, 189, led the way and they will resume tonight at 9 and 3-8-4 for four. England in a pretty commanding position at the moment. A big show, we're going to talk to Justin Nelson after 8 because there's plenty going on in the NBL as well. Bit of controversy that we'll cover throughout the show and Al Sharrock hopefully Mr Didgeridoo and Just Ask Me can punch their way and get Kempi another truck because that's all he wants <laughs> that's all he wants <laughs> hey Tony stop it I want a nice huh? mint stew that's all I want a nice mint stew today mm. and a Warriors win and I'll be happy is it what's your go to dish I know you love a boil up and I know you love a, a mince on toast and eggs and what else are you good at um, like, if you're going to chef and you're going to impress what are you going to do for kids well, apparently, um, I had some had some deer, mate. You know what I mean. So I did some of that up. 
mm. last night, and apparent, yeah. apparently, because Edo had a uh, friend came around and had some had some dinner with us, and reckon, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Wants to come back and do a, a cooking class with me to, to to learn how to cook it. So, um, yeah, venison, mate, venison at the moment. In a in a really nice uh, casserole with a with a recipe I can't tell you. Is I'll have to um, pay you a visit. Keep you quiet. Okay, okay, mate. Well, speaking of deer and a headlights, well, there was a couple running around at Eden Park and what jump, jumpers last night. And Daniel McCarty was calling that game for SCNZ New Zealand. The football ferns getting up over Norway. What a moment, Daniel! Come on, give it to us. How was that, mate? I've seen the energy coming through the socials, and you did a stellar job alongside Lily. So, uh, well done, mate. How good? Morning, fellas. The Holy Trinity. What, um, great to be along with you. Um, <laughs> what a night. What a night. Uh, what a morning. Uh, incredible. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm dumbfounded. Um, where on earth did that come from? Um, I... I, I, I New Zealand had beaten Norway in the past, so it was in the category mm. of, Daniel, don't say it's unbelievable, uh, because New Zealand mm, mm, mm. have done this in the past, but I'm sorry, the way they have played over the last nine games, our expectations were at an all-time low. This is, Nor- Norway are perennial contenders. They've made the knockout stages of seven of the la- last eight World Cups. They've been to every single World Cup. They won the 95 World Cup, and I know they had a disappointing mm. European Championships last year, and, but there's still so much quality. They've got a Ballon d'Or winner in Hegerberg who had a best as one of the very best. <laughs> They've got players you know, playing for Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Chelsea. Um, it was not supposed to be a fair fight. It wasn't just a fair fight. The underdog was the better fighter over the full 12 rounds. Uh, I, yeah. I, this is no smash and dra- grab job, guys. This is no let's defend deep and hopefully burgle something on the on the counter attack or offset piece. I thought New Zealand were their equal. Uh, Malia Steinmetz, the best midfielder on the mm. park alongside Rhea Percival, I thought they were brilliant. Um, you know, to a woman one through eleven, um, it's as good as you could have imagined. And, and what a night, what an occasion! And how about how are our fans feeling? Fellas, nine added minutes. It was, you know, it was. I know. Where did that come from? Where'd they find those nine? Come on. Brilliant. Well, the penalty lays on. Uh, They would have added a few minutes to that. You know, the keeper. Yeah, the keeper with a maniacal smile and laugh, you know, getting off her line and being told to get back on the line, adding to the drama. And then Percival hits the crossbar. I'm sorry, if you were there, you were at the. The largest ever crowd for a football game in New Zealand. That's a fact. That's incredible. Mm. And then you've just seen, you know, one of the best performances by um, a New Zealand side at a World Cup. I'm, I'm sorry. It was just, just fantastic. I'm so proud of those uh, those women who have done themselves so very, very proud, haven't they, fellas? Oh, so good to watch, mate. I was watching it in bed with my son, and he was asking me a ton of questions. I was like, shut up and just watch, son. I can't, <laughs> and, I can't hear you. But, mate, like when, when we spoke about it the day before, we talked about the attacking potency from the, the Norwegians and what they were able to do. Defensively, Rebecca Stott and the crew put on an absolute clinic. So defensively, they just looked hungry, Daniel. They looked like they were just desperate to get every ball. When the ball went back, they turned around and they just put their heads down and sprinted. So the desperation was there. It was an awesome. You saw the emotion in Ali Riley in the final whistle and what it meant to her and the team. Yeah. It was so special to watch. 
Well, you saw Ali Riley in the tunnel, the beaming smile, like mm. a, a Kim and Christmas, not someone who's playing what her... Is that if, um, you know, no one's played, um, you know, more games for New Zealand um, at, mm. at World Cups, isn't she? She's incredible, uh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, her fifth World Cup, yeah. Sorry, fellas, I didn't get any sleep. I should have gone to CJ's <laughs> house and got some of those sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't bring up that. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, I've just been, um, you know, um, my heart's been pumping, my head's been spinning, and I don't want it to stop. Where were we? We're talking about the team. But you're so right, Izzy. I, I, I thought they, um, it was very, very um, well done tactically by New Zealand, and a lot mm. of credit's got to go to the coach. Ayeke uh, yeah, yeah. um, you know, had some critics, but I think she got it spot on. The way they cut off things at the source, the way they um, sort of asked Norway to, to play into that middle third and then traps everyone rushing in, mm. um, you know, putting pressure on the ball, turning over the ball. And to do it for 99-plus minutes, I think on average um, they, they ran 10 Ks each. So 110 Ks <laughs> collectively they've run. So, and that you includes the goalkeeper. Uh, that includes the goalkeeper. And they were still running. And, and just look how frustrated Norway were throughout. They spent more time bitching to the referee in the opening 30 minutes because New Zealand were snapping at their heels. Um, they didn't like it. And at the end of it, it looked like Norway didn't like each other. There seemed to be a lot of pointing, um, mm. you know, a lot of arguing. They looked a very unhappy side because they know they were second best against the team who at uh, World Cups had a collective record of played 15, won none, drawn three, lost 12. New Zealand had scored eight goals and conceded 34. And now New Zealand has just gone out and uh, beaten Norway and given them the most brilliant chance of progressing out of the group. I thought on Tuesday, fellas, we might be in a situation where New Zealand were on the precipice of being eliminated of the World Cup. It might be the first team out of the World Cup. We're now facing a scenario where New Zealand could be the first team to get through to the round of 16. And how, and, um, and and that, how good and is that? Incredible. And how good is that? Oh. Are we a little bit, I guess, um, dismissive of the, the fact of the, the home ground advantage? Daniel, you know, like you've got the, the packed out Eden Park, they go down to the cakes and that's going to be packed out. What, what do you think the girls are feeling at the moment on that, on that next, uh, for that next game? Because last night, if it's anything to go by that, I'm not writing them off. Well, I, I, if I was them, I'd be getting up this morning and checking the tape to actually see if it actually happened. There was real, dis, real disbelief in Ali Riley's face after, you know, speaking you know, to the world media. Uh, it was an amazing mm. shot where she's just standing in front of the stands. As in, Kim, you know this after a game to see your family and friends mm. must be amazing. And she's just staring into space, like, um, you know, completely lost almost. Uh, you know, it's one of those ones where you wave the hands in front of the eyes and actually wonder if anyone's home. And that, that shot's going to live with me long about the disbelief. But you know what? They can't, they can't stay in that state. This tournament rolls on too quickly. Um, and now mm. the hunted, uh, sorry, the hunters are going to become the hunters, and New Zealand have never been in this position. Because do you know what the, mm. that result did last night? It has just dragged a whole people onto the bandwagon. And that has <laughs> increased expectation. And, and, and expectations are dangerous things, fellas. Look at Australia. Mm. I, think they, I think they got a little bit of stage fight last night against Ireland. They got the job done, credit to them. Um, but, you know, Australia are so high on the Matildas and, 
They had Sam Kerr go down with injury prior to the game, and, and I thought they were very lucky to escape with a 1-0 win last night. I thought Ireland were all over them in that last half an hour. And I think that's due to expectation. Um, it's, it's a different world, and let's, hopefully, uh, let's hope that, that our players can deal with it because it would just be fantastic to see us progress to the knockout stage. You know, no host nation has ever um, uh, failed to advance past the group stage of the FIFA Women's World Cup, and uh, it, it looks like, for all money, that's going to continue because you would expect New Zealand, at the very least, to get a point, if not a win, against the Philippines before they take on Switzerland in a final group game. Daniel... Uh, Lietke Klimkova, when she took over, I mentioned this to the boys. She had she changed the way that the New Zealand team played. They had they they passed forward. They were on the front foot. They were yep. attacking. And when she first took over, you know the difference between her team and Tom Samani's team was was quite marked. And I was excited. The last eighteen months, they've been absolutely awful. Couldn't buy a goal. Couldn't yep. buy a win. Have they just been foxing for eighteen months? Was this the plan all along? <laughs> You don't plan for that, Rick Dog. Uh, you, you're so right, though. Um, well, over no, the last nine games, it's really been insipid at times, and you know, it's been hard not to get down on them. Uh, this, this is a coach who's come with a pretty big rep. I don't think I've ever seen a New Zealand uh, sporting coach get a six-year deal because she signed through to the next World Cup, if I'm not mistaken. So there was mass, mm. massive faith from New Zealand football put in her, and probably um, they were thinking how. You know, are we going to have to get out of this deal at some stage? Because results had not tracked forward. You're so right, uh, Rick Dobb. Everything worked last night. They were far more assertive. Look at the goal, fellas. I'm sorry, but... It was great. How good is that? How good is that? A 30... Plan uh, play? Just watching it it now, Dan. Just watching it going in. Yes, there it is again. (laughs) It's, It's a training ground move. Uh, mm. Beautiful pass from Hassett, 30 metres to Boss, who takes a wonderful touch into India Page Riley. Who, what an incisive forward pass, Rick Doggers. And that's what you're talking about, those type of passes into to a flying Jackie Hand down the right-hand side, and she delivered it on a plate to, to Hannah Wilkinson, who was a woman-possessed, I thought, last night. I thought um, Hannah Wilkinson's athleticism, her size, her power of pace, she was, uh, she was just too big and too strong for a fairly cumbersome in uh, uh, Norwegian defence. So um, if they can play football like that, they're going to drag a lot of fans around, uh, around with them, not just from New Zealand, but from around the globe, because uh, the, they'll appreciate the type of football they can um, and have played. It's that headband. It's that headband, uh, Daniel. It's that headband that Hannah Wilkinson wears. I think it's scary. She looks like a ninja turtle that's she was ang- possessed. And she was angry. Cannot... She was angry. When... Yeah. I love that when she scored that goal. I was like, are you mm. pure, is that pure relation or pure anger? It's probably a perfect combination <laughs> of the both. Oh, so good. Hey, uh, we had a message come through. Hey, lads, we could go we could go unbeaten in pool play now. Switzerland are ranked 20th, so we should be a good chance against them too. That's from Chase. Look, the biggest thing, and you touched on it earlier, is there have been so much emotions. You know, they, I don't know if they would have got sleep last night after this amazing occasion. You know, they never expected it, but they, they played for it. You can see the um, dedication they had for this big day in New Zealand history. Obviously, what went on earlier, they wanted to pay their respects and put on a performance yes. like that. Like, for us against the Philippines on Tuesday in Wellington, how do we follow that up, mate? What will be the plan for Klimkova to be able to get these ladies settled down and, and back on the journey that they're on? Because there was so much emotion last night. I was watching them. They were crying. There was tears. And understandable. But they've got to go do yeah. it again. Well, if, you, if they'd parked the bus 
scored from a you know a dodgy corner last night, I, I would have thought it would have mm. been difficult to get out. But that, that, that was a front foot performance at times, and they've got to be on the front foot. They've got to think, you know, winning that game and uh, confirming their spot before the game. Take take uh, the matter out of the hand of Switzerland. Try and get the job done. And mm. hey, you guys are the former the players getting up. Well, when you when you get up and you hear maybe the sold out sign at. Well, so I've got to call it Wellington Regional Stadium for the next few weeks, don't we? Uh, when you see the sold-out signs at the the spiritual home of New Zealand football, mm. thirty-five thousand rabid, rabid drunk Wellingtonians behind you, that will that will energise you and lift you. I'm sure. If you didn't get a ticket last night, uh, I, I'm I'd be surprised you'd be able to find many this morning here in Wellington. What about the what about the other shots, Dan? You know, like there's a couple there. That I was texting the boys last night. I think our our you know, keeper was beaten a couple of times from a, those Norway shots. So thankfully, just drifted over the bar. But the penalty and then that Norway one that hit the bar, they like they they were like highlight reel type shots, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lovely shot, I think, by Horva, the uh, Norwegian substitute. That the the Roma player came mm. on and made a real impact on that left hand side. Um, you know, sort of tried to slap her teammates across the face almost with it, you know, taking a game and, into the, the scrub of her neck. And that was a, a great little save um, by Essen. I think she just got a, a fingertip to it. Well, Lily uh, Alfell told me in commentary she did, uh, and she is a card-carrying member of the uh, the uh, goalkeeping fraternity, is Lily, so you've got to believe uh, Lily, <laughs> who did a brilliant job in her first ever commentary. Uh, well done, Lily. Hopefully you got some sleep last night. Uh, but but you're right, India Page Riley nearly scored an absolute world-class goal. Wasn't it? Uh, in that second half, cutting off on the right-hand side, slapping it with the left foot. And it's a really good save by Mickelson, high to a right to keep it out. The game really should have been put to bed by Rhea Percival. I, I think we can forgive her, but mm. um, Rhea, please hit the net next time. I, 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 don't think, <laughs> I don't think my heart, I don't think my kind of heart can uh, do with the 10 minutes that followed. So... You know, I'll repeat, it was not a smash-and-grab job by New Zealand. They were well worth their win, and uh, hopefully there's more to come as far as, you know, goal-scoring action. Yeah, Daniel, I mean, that was the only negative, wasn't it, last night, was that, that we didn't uh, put the icing on the cake and, and score the penalty. Yeah. And the penalty came just after Hannah Wilkinson had been subbed off. Who's on pins? If Hannah's on, does she take it, or is Rhea the, the, the penalty taker? Well, yeah, it's a really good question. Um I'm not sure if Rhea will want to step up after that. Well, maybe mm. five-time. She's been to five World Cups now. How, how amazing is that? Rhea Percival now has played at five World Cups. She's probably um, you know self-assured enough to go, I'll take the ball again. But um, Hannah Wilkinson, uh, you know, <laughs> looked, like, looked like she was in a different sphere last night. So they, they might have to consider something of the sort. I think Australia last night, the, the regular penalty taker handed it over to Catelyn which was quite weird, I thought. And then Catley buried a top left-hand corner. Uh, you know, footballers and penalties. Rick Dog, you know this mm. well. It's, a, it, it's an odd combination. So let's, uh, let's hope we're uh, not in a situation where I thought we're... You, I actually thought she hit that one really well, Daniel. Like, you know, just, it hit the bar, but, man, she hit it well. Oh, it, 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 she did hit it well. She's looking top bins, and she's three inches away from scoring the best penalty of the year. Uh, but then it's thundered into the crossbar and we're all thinking you are having a laugh uh, you know tighten the seat belt even a little bit uh, tighter um, and this is going to be a wild ride home 
Beautiful, Daniel. We appreciate you joining us, mate, talking us through that uh, amazing occasion at Eden Park, which has become a bit of a fortress for New Zealand sports. So keep up the good work with Lily, and hopefully we can get you back to some sleep, mate. You've done a stellar job. You do everything. What can't you do, Daniel? Sleep. Um, <coughs> i got Spain, Costa Rica later tonight. How good's that going to be? Costa Rica... Um, you would think would get walloped against Spain. Spain is one of the more fascinating teams in this competition, fellas. Incredibly talented. Um, uh, a number of months ago, 15 players wrote a letter to the FA saying, we don't like the coach. He's a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> our mental well-being is not well looked after. Can you get rid of him? The FA went, no. Uh, we're sticking with him. And then three players, only three of the 15 have been welcomed back. So you think the struggle, not the case. Spain have the talent oh. to get to the semi-final, so enjoy them tonight. I can't wait to see them in person. All right, Daniel. Appreciate your time this morning. Go back to sleep, and we'll stay tuned for later on tonight. Costa Rica taking on Spain, mate. Enjoy the call, and thank you very much. Oh, my, my pleasure, fellas. And in, in the words of a great Norwegian football commentator many years ago, Norway, you've taken a hell of a beating. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, Daniel. All right, lads, we better shoot off and we'll come back and rip into the rest of the show. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse and find Calvin Klein Euphoria for Men, 50 mil for only $39.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Can you hear me? You boys took a hell of a beating. You boys took a hell of a beating. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. Put a bit of context to Dan McCarty's call. Norway, you got a hell of a beating last night. 2-0. It could have been 2-0, Ricardo Kempi. And obviously, she just looked a bit hesitant, Rhea Percival, in that goal. Obviously, the, the Norwegian goalkeeper was having to get a telling off. Through the refereeing and the officiating last night, I thought, was very good. Norway were fouling the house down. 15 fouls throughout that performance. And then they went into to the to the new VAR kind of video system. Were you impressed with that, uh, Richter? Yeah, I thought it worked really well. And the, the best thing about it is up until now, the criticism has been that nobody knows, everybody at home knows what's going on. People at the stadium have no idea. Right, so that mm. was the first time we've ever seen the referee then be put over the loudspeaker and talk to everyone. So it's yep. it's like what they do in the NFL. You know, that's how they do it in the NFL. So that's the very first time in football that they've done that. So they brought that in just for this World Cup. While they were doing that penalty, boys, quickly just while I, I was in attendance, when they were going upstairs to to check the penalty. No one in the crowd had any idea what was going on. We were thinking, is there a sub coming on? Is someone injured? You know, And then it wasn't until she came over the loudspeaker and then they popped up on the screen, VAR check, possible penalty. Everyone erupted thinking that we'd, we'd got it done. You know, But you're right, Rick, nobody knew what was going on. And then all of a sudden we hear the referee, penalty, everyone goes crazy again. How cool is VAR, Dagger? Better than the bunker, Kimby. Oh, look. Yeah, look, it has its place. There's been a, a little bit of, you know, uh, working, you know, in the, in the woodworks from the VAR kind of point of view, but they've come to a system. And last night we saw how impressive it can be, particularly from a New Zealand point of view. And I thought the officiating was very good. I read a, twi- a tweet online, actually, about the officiating. The officiating at the FIFA World Cup 
I think the English Premier League refs could take a good look at how they, how they officiated last night and uh, we'll hopefully see that continue on throughout this tournament. Stay tuned because coming up we've got some headlines with Rick. We've got a Choices flooring poll for you to have your vote and keep those messages coming through. Double eight, double three. We want to talk football ferns because I'll be honest, never watched any football ferns performances. Watched that game last night and it has inspired me and I'm sure it's inspired plenty of you at home. And uh, and you're going to stay on and look forward to Tuesday. Let us know. Double eight, double three. Your thoughts. Are you excited? Are you on the bandwagon? Because I surely am. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-six away from eight o'clock on SENZ. Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Do Kenards make trade easy? Can oath they do? Uh, plenty of sport to get our teeth into, including the Open Championship. The first round is just winding up, and uh, this is how it looks at the moment. There's a three-way tie at the top of the leaderboard. Tommy Fleetwood, Emiliano Grio from Argentina, and a South African amateur, Christo Lampret, are all at five under. Defending champion. Cam Smith is one over. Rory McIlroy's mm. finished at even. And uh, not a great day for Ryan Fox. He finished seven over. I had a look at the uh, at the rough there, Izzy. It looked like your back paddock about a week ago. Mate, that grass <laughs> was long. And, and how steep are the bunkers? I thought, hang on, Trump put the wall up after all because those bunker walls were massive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely massive. Both of our Kiwis shooting seven over, so not a good start for the Kiwi teams. Uh, players, uh, yeah, mate, it's difficult. Marcus Warehouse, and I've, I've spoken to a couple of people that have played there, they said if the wind gets up, and, you know, majors, they always grow the rough out, so if you get in the rough, you've got to absolutely be bring use all your brute strength to get out of there. Don't even go near the bunkers. You know what Scotland's like and, and around... Uh, you know, England and, and, and places like that. If you go in the bunkers, it is a difficult place to be. So, um, it's a long not, way to it's go not for sand, our Kiwis. It's yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. I mean, it's not a Lynx course as such, but it's very much Lynx type conditions. Real tussocky grass and a lot of wind, right? So, get, get this name Justin Thomas, mm. 11 over, second last. He oh, wow. is struggling at the moment. Wow, yeah, that's not great. So, uh, yeah, t- I tell you what, those guys are, it must have all teed off early because it looks like the wind got up later in the day and everybody else has struggled. Uh, Gold Coast Mayor Tom Tate said on Thursday uh, the Aussie City could step in and host the Com Games after Victoria placed the uh, future of the event in doubt by pulling out due to the cost overruns. Now, he's said to the Aussie media that given that the Gold Coast hosted in 2018, that they've got the facilities and the legacy facilities and that we've kept them maintained to the highest level. It's easier to say no when you don't have the facts because then you expose yourself to many things. But I've got more of the facts than most because I hosted the 2018 Games. I know the budget and I know it can be done. Perfect. Perfect. That's what we alluded to the other day, Kempe. You know, you went, this is what the process should be like at the start of uh, a bid, a genuine bid when you're going for a Commonwealth Games Olympics. You know, infrastructure has already been in place. Birmingham, Gold Coast, there's other places that could be able to have the potential where it doesn't have cost astronomical amounts of money. It can happen easily. So Gold Coast, would you be happy for that? It's, good. it's in Australia. It's the same. It's the you know, same hosting country in Australia. Why not do it? 
yeah, look, I, I, I think you'd be happy for it to be anywhere. Um, yeah. And I, like, I think New Zealand can can do it, but it's in New Zealand, you know. Like, like take the cycling down to to Waikato to the to the stadium down there. Take the rowing to Karapiro, you know what I mean, or to Twizel, for instance. Take the athletics to where wherever that's going to go to an athletics track. It can work if you can go and use the the facilities, but. If there's already infrastructure in other countries that can just handle it, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, give it to them so the co- there's no bearing of new stadiums and all that sort of cost. Mm. I just I, look. I yeah, just think absolutely. of the. I just think economic the the economies at the moment around the world. No one's seriously going to look at it. No, not spending that sort of money, and that's why I think uh, the Gold Coast. You know they did it not long ago. They they're quite they're well equipped to do it and pick this up. And uh, speaking of uh, picking up something new, the Junior Wallabies and the Baby All Blacks will compete in a new Sansa Under Twenty Rugby Championship in 2024 alongside the Argies and the South Africans. The announcement was made yesterday. South Africa currently the top ranked of these teams. They finished third at the recent Rugby World Under Twenty Championships. Uh, Aussie, who beat New Zealand two or three times this year, finished fifth, two hot spots higher than the. Baby Blacks. The Argies finished ninth. The competition will pit the best up-and-coming talent in the Southern Hemisphere against each other as they take the next step in their development and careers. Is he uh, a good thing? Long time coming? Long time coming. Desperately needed. We've been talking about this for a very long time. The under-20s, you can see why they struggle at the moment. They don't play any rugby. School rugby plays a, a test match here or there against Australia. Um, whether the evolution of that is going to be more... Look, they need to be playing more against the North and other other um, countries to be able to gain those pathways. This is a real step in the direction, right direction. Gone are the days where we could just play one-off tournament every year. You need to be able to build into it, give them opportunities to play rugby against other nations, and that will give them a good stepway to the future. And it can be, this is a good start. It's great. Absolutely fantastic. And you did right, as you know, you, in rugby especially, you need those pathways, and you need that. You, it's called benchmarking. You need that benchmark. You know, like France have won the last two. Look at well their their um, their premier teams gone, their senior sides gone, and mate, they'll continue to, to to perform at that level. So we need to get on the on a level playing field and benchmarking in this competition. Best thing ever for rugby. Yeah, best thing. And I, I guess that poses the next question, Izzy. What do we do? You know, we've just finished seventh. I think it's the second time in the last three tournaments, under-20 rugby tournaments, that we finished seventh, right? So that mm. that doesn't show great uh, progression from a New Zealand rugby point of view. I, I threw it out there yesterday with you on our messages that, you know, Super Rugby needs to look at this. We need to have our Super Rugby franchises playing home and away uh, at under-20 level, and then maybe, what, the top two Kiwi teams and the top two Aussie teams play semi-finals or something just to continue to develop at that level? Yeah, development's at the top of their, top of their minds right now because when you've got an under-20 side that has been so potent at the under-20 level, they've won it plenty of times, struggling. And Look, I've seen this coming for a while, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think we've been stuck in our ways. where We watch a lot of school rugby at the moment. We see some stars, but we see them playing each other in our own bubble. And then we go over to, to the under-20, and we see the rest of the world, and we kind of really realise how far behind we are. And, and development and it's, it's just a simple case we've had some genuine superstars of the game that have come through I'm not saying there's none that are going to pop up out of nowhere I'm just saying that we've probably just gone through a really golden patch and we might not just have those genuine superstars that we had to be able to un, 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 
you know, ravel throughout the careers. Yep, don't get an Izzy dag along every day, do you, Kempi? No, you, do, you don't. And, you know, we talked about that on Off the Back Fence, so with the declining numbers through that youth sport, mm. you know. You've got, to, you've got to look at reinventing the world. Like going to a 20s competition, you've got to encourage people to play. So, you know, one way to encourage people to play, and I've actually seen this play out, if you put 20-year-olds on television and all their 20-year-old mates are watching and seeing them get the new hairdo and they're profiling and getting big, big profiles, they're going to go and play. You know what I mean? The numbers are naturally going to grow. So I, I'm, I'm all for under-20s competition. I reckon it's one of the worst things the NRL did was cut that under-20s comp. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, it is 19 away from 8 o'clock here on SENZ. It is Ian Kempe for breakfast. Time for our choices. Flooring pole. Now, uh, design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. Here is our choices flooring pole today. The best New Zealand sporting result on New Zealand soil. Well, this is what we've got. These are the options. The football ferns last night because we just beat Norway 1-0 and got our first ever win at a, at a Football World Cup. The 2011 Rugby World Cup final. The Black Caps semi-final win over the Yarpies over, over South Africa in 2019. Or the Kiwis 22-18 win over the Kangaroos in the Four Nations final at the Cake Tin in 2014. Those are just four that I grabbed off the top of my head. You might have others, but that is our Choices Flooring Poll. Go to the SENZ app, click on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Underneath there will be the poll, and we'll have the results for that in about an hour. Or you can text us through double eight double three. Discover in, uh, your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Izzy, that is the Choices mm. Flooring pole. Who, what do you got? Oh, should I be selfish? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna be. I won't be selfish. I loved that, but I, you know, I was a part of that moment in 2011, so it sticks in a good spot in my mind and my body. So I'll keep that close. But mate, I, I can't reiterate enough what that did for me last night. I don't know. Like I haven't watched a hell of a lot of football, but I'm watching all of this tournament. They have inspired and they showed. Guts, grit, and determination last night. So I'm watching that. I'm going to say, last night, come on. Kempe. Last night. <laughs> well, I'm actually not even going to go into any of these. The, the biggest one for me on New Zealand soil was the 1985 Kiwis win against the Kangaroos, 18 0, where Clayton Friend comes on, takes over from uh, Shane Varley, and sneaks out of the back of the scrum, runs straight under and scores under the post. And for a league kid watching that, because the Kangaroos were unbeatable, mm. uh, to get put 18 points down was just like the game to to uh, to watch of the ages. So uh, you probably weren't. Were you born then, is he? 1984? No, I was not even born in 85. <laughs> I was 88. <laughs> uh, well, go, go get on YouTube and watch it. <laughs> yeah, go and check it out. Uh, there you go. Jump on the SENZ check account. Check out Red Tube. Vote. <laughs> All right, Smithy. Uh, Smarty. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring you back uh, the, the results of that in around an hour's time. The SCNZ app is in keeping for breakfast. Vote on our choices flooring poll. Then we'll be back after this. It is 16 away from 8. It's from Chemist Warehouse, now in the 1999. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. Come on, Jam.
Yeah, I gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. You should have had faith, the faith, the faith. The football first plus the pace, the pace, the pace. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Come on, let's Freestyling. go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, couple of just coming through. Black Ferns last year, football, uh, the Rugby World Cup final, Eden Park. That was a hell of a moment. So I remember watching that. Yeah, I I, 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 I left that out on purpose. Uh, that one because I and knew yeah. that it had, it had fired people up on the text that I hadn't mentioned it. So yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was all planned. You got that them firing. They got good you memories. Got them firing. They got good memories. With got... Dog. <laughs> and there's a little bit of a concern coming through, um, Rick Dog Kimpy. Mm. You, you you think you're putting your mic off? You turn your mic off and you do this hell. Loud sneeze, mm. not once, not twice, but three times, and it actually comes through Kempi's mic because he doesn't turn uh, us off. So yeah. I don't know if you know that, but you can hear it. Mm. Uh, anyway, I'm a little bit concerned. Are you feeling alright, mate? I am feeling rough as guts. I I, was t- I told the boys this morning when I got in at about ten to five, I was just like, I drove in, and you you know when you got that sneeze that you can't stop and just goes over and over, and then I got the stabbing pain in my in my sinuses, and I was the whole drive in, I was eyes watering, sneezing, and now I've got a headache and I've got a cough. I think I'm coming down with something. I am not feeling well oh. at all. Hey, oh. that's no good, no good. And we're giving away plenty of wellness packs uh, throughout the show, mm. and you've got a little bit of a situation at behind you. Is there anything behind you that could help you? Uh, not the shampoo. Maybe the disinfectant wipes. The maxagesics. Oh, the maxagesics, yeah, there we go. The hydrodol after powder. Yeah. Live I've, for tomorrow, I've, that's you. I've already I've already rated the tissues, the sorbent tissues, I've and already rated those. One, there's only one protein deluxe Musashi bar left because you've eaten all the others. Yeah, so, um, no, I'm not, yeah, mate, honestly, I'm supposed to be calling um, this afternoon, calling Switzerland Philippines as well. Uh, but I've had to kind of put the hand up and say I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it because I like that's how rough I feel um, battling to get through this show to be fair, boys. Uh, so, I, so what do you need? You need a, you need a head cold remedy. You need yeah. something to help you get sorted. Yeah, that's what I need, mate. I need that's what I need. Is I mean, there's plenty okay. of there, there's plenty of Doctor Googles out there. What are, what are your uh, what are your remedies, Kempe? You'd be uh, Koro Kemp. And you'd have some beautiful medicines and little recipes that could you help with head colds. You got anything that you could help Rick Dog with? Yeah, um, the fair, well, the, what we, what works for me for us younger blokes because because when you get a head cold, Izzy, everyone in the world knows about it. Um, a nice, I still turn up. A nice hot shower because the steam it cl- clears your sinuses. You do that. Yep. You go get yourself a couple of lemons out of the tree, and the lemons are in at the moment, mate. They are nice, big, and juicy. And you get some honey, okay. but not just any any type of honey. You get some natural honey with a big dollop of that in some in some hot water um, and lemon juice, and you just you drink that all day, and you'll okay. clear and you'll clear up, mate. How much whiskey do I put in this? And when you want to go to sleep, <laughs> yeah, some bourbon. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. I'll. Um yeah, I definitely need something, mate. I need a bit of help. I need a bit of help. I don't know if the Chemist Warehouse do whiskey, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put that to one side and just and stick to the Chemist Warehouse uh, And essentials. if all else fails, Rick, mm. just come around my place. We'll go out to the back of my <laughs> shed. I'm yeah. going to get a big spoon, uh, dick it into some, some, dip it into some concrete, and I'm going to give you a big teaspoon <laughs> of that. 
<laughs> Take Kempe. We're hooking you up with a winter wellness pack valued at over 150 for the whole family thanks to the Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Good Vitamin Co. Stay healthy and happy all winter along with Chemist Warehouse, your home of winter essentials. All we need is you to send through your whānau recipe, your recipe to help Rick Dog through and the best recipe that comes through the text machine, double eight double three, will win that wellness pack. Rick Dog needs your help. Try the new Nature's Way high-strength Vita Gummies for adults from Chemist Warehouse, now only $19.99. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Zach Crawley might have been the last name on the team sheet a month ago when this series started, but he's made contributions throughout He's enhanced his reputation and he's earned the opportunity to raise his bat for a test ton for the fourth time and his first in Ashes cricket. It's not been without luck. He's chanced his hand, but he's made it work for him. 12 boundaries on a six, reaches the milestone in just 93 deliveries. Zach Crawley, 100 not out, Joe Kimber. This will do it. The Hawks Bay Hawks. A tremendous fourth quarter. Marred by a missed call to end the game. And they can't believe it. They walk off the floor with the time still expiring. Yes, welcome back. It is Friday the 21st of July, just after 8 o'clock. The Poms are in control in the fourth Ashes test after putting the Australian attack to the sword at Old Trafford overnight. Zach Crawley led the charge with 189 as England finished day two on 384 for four. Moeen Ali and Joe Root also notched half centuries. And the Aussies suffered a scare. When Mitchell Stark left the field late in the day after falling awkwardly on his shoulder. Day three starts tonight, 9pm, all here on SCNZ. So don't go anywhere else for your cricketing fix. The Ashes is well and truly alive up the palms. Just got to stop saying that as well. Anyway, keeps of messages coming through. Football ferns need to keep the same lineup for Tuesday and continue playing the same way. They need to work on the last 10 minutes of the match. Don't take the foot off the throat. Aaron, did you think a bit? They got a little bit conservative in that last 10. Started you know, playing a little bit defensively, whereas they were all out attack in that first 60, 70 minutes, Rick. Yeah, they did, and you saw that was the change when they took Hannah Wilkinson off because she's a real mm. lead the line and stretch the opposition defence, and they replaced her with Paige Satchel, and Paige is a good player, uh, but she's all about the gas, right? So when they made that change, you knew that that was the cue for them to sit a little bit deeper and then just hit the ball long to Paige to run onto and hold up. So that was where they kind of went, let's try and solidify this and hit them on the break. Beautiful, beautiful. Heaps of messages coming through for you, Rick Dog, in oh, terms of uh, you know a bit of help for you. And here's one, Rick Dog. Can you take a concrete pull and harden up, Easty? <laughs> Thanks, Easty. <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, mate, I know what you've got. It is real. It is genuine. You know it is, lads out there. 
It's the man flu. How real is it? It's super uh, real. Honestly, it's different to the woman flu. The man flu is a genuine illness, and it hurts. It really, really hurts. And I know what else hurts, lads. It'll be the Hawks Bay Hawks. The Bay Hawks. Last night's NBL controversy at the end of that. Justin Nelson is going to join us to talk about the preliminary finals that took place last night. Justin, good morning. Uh, very good morning to you all. The man flu. What a subject. <laughs> You've had it. You know what I mean. You know what I feel, mate. A bit of illness. The, the Hawks will be feeling a bit ill this morning. Oh wow. Um, look, I'm still stunned. To be honest, I'm, I'm completely mm. stunned at what transpired last night. I, I just can't remember seeing anything like it. And um, unfortunately for the Hawks, they're on the wrong side. Uh, of a situation that um, they just shouldn't be on the wrong side of. Just completely unfortunate, unbelievable. We can't change that result, but the review was put in place for these certain situations, and the referees never went to the review, never went and had a look at it, and now they've missed an opportunity. What is going to be the backlash from this? Well, what the, the referees department is, is claiming is within the rules, you can only review a decision that's been made. And the three officials, who were probably the only three people in the building, to be honest, who didn't see what happened, um, didn't make a call. They didn't call interference. They didn't call goaltending. They didn't blow their whistle. So by the rule that they have subsequently put out in a statement, which feels like another dagger, to be honest, mm. um, says that because the whistle didn't blow, they didn't have a call that they needed to review. Now, I've been following basketball long, long time, as I'm sure you guys have as well. Sometimes a non-decision is still a decision. And uh, you read through the rule and, gee, to me... There's, it, it's very ambiguous, and the Hawks can feel uh, really ripped off, I suppose is the word. I mean, you look at it, and you look at it, and you go over it, and it's very, very clear uh, what happened, and um, yeah, they're on the wrong side of it. They should actually play the game again, Justin, that's my thoughts on it. Like, when we're talking rules, we're talking... I think you're, you're dead right about putting a knife into them, um, coming out and saying that like this is in the rule book. When you look at the replay three times, it's goaltending, and you've got three umpires looking at it, two coaches looking at it, and then common sense doesn't play play a play. It happens in every sport. What do we need to do to make people um, reflect on those decisions and make common sense decisions on the back of it? Well, I think there was an opportunity for a common sense decision, and that was to go and review it, and and that was missed. You know, I know that, that, that rules can be read a certain way, and sometimes they can be read another way. And common sense, at the end of the day, says that, hey, go across and have a look at it, because we were sitting in the commentary position probably 18 to 20 metres away uh, or thereabouts, uh, just over the halfway mark, he heading down the other side of the floor. And in real time, it was plain as day. Like, you could not possibly miss that something had happened. And it just felt like everyone in the stadium saw it. And for some reason, I don't know why, we often hear 
in thrilling finishes, you know, put the whistle away and, 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 and let, let it play out and let it be decided by the players. Well, in this situation, it was decided by the players. It was a player mm. that had reached up through the net and grabbed the ring and it didn't get called. I've got a, a little situation here. So on the final position of the fourth quarter, no violation was called by any referee on the final shot. As a result, this could not be referred for review by the IRS as per FIBA rule F.3.2. Yeah, that's the rule. And that, and that's what the referees department has gone to immediately. Um, like mm. I said, you issue a statement like that and it, it does feel like a, a dagger. Um, they're probably defending their, their own turf because it was heated. Make no mistake. It was a very heated <laughs> situation because the replay was playing on the big screen. The crowd could see it. The players could see it. The players of both teams could see it. Everyone knew uh, that there'd been an error. Um, but because of that rule and the way that it reads, uh, the referees made the decision that they made. Um, and, you know, let's take a step back for a moment. The referees work by the rule book. And I get that. Mm. Totally understand it. They've, they've, they've worked to the letter of the law, so to speak. But gee whiz, I guess the question is, how did we miss the call in the first place? The question is, mm. only a couple of weeks ago, Johnny Bairstow, um was stumped. Yep, he walked out of the crease and there was, a, there was a, uh, a massive backlash on whether or not it was sportsmanlike. Now, if you're the captain or the coach of the team that got the win because of that, that um, uh, uh, decision by those referees last night, wasn't there a place in sportsmanship to say, hang on, we've actually... Because this is how I would have felt. If I looked at it, I would have gone, mate, we lost that. That's, a, that's actually goaltendering. Is there a, a, a position here, Justin, in the sport where there's a sportsman-like decision that can be brought back in? Because I'm only I, all I can see is common sense can actually only come from the sportsman because the officials continually in every sport get it wrong. It's a really good question, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a hypothetical situation and... I guess it just comes down to the fact that we're all humans. We're in the moment. You know, we're playing to win. Obviously, last night's game, someone's going home. Their season's over. They're done. That's it. It's not as if we're rolling around a week later and playing another game between the same two teams. And that's not a flippant comment with the Ashes situation, but heat of the moment, we're human. The Rams knew what happened. There's no doubt. I mean, everyone knew what had happened. And they go man, get out of jail free card. We've got another chance here. Let's regroup. We've got five minutes of overtime to play. Let's try and get the win. Yeah, because uh, obviously the result, there's a bit of controversy at the end, but the Canterbury Rams have punched their way to the, the semifinals and they'll take on the Tuatara and the Franklin Bulls will take on the Otago Nuggets. I'm pretty sure you might be able to correct me about no, that, on. but it might be right. I'll swing. I'll swing that back round the other way. The Bulls play the Tuatara tonight. Okay. And the Rams go. play the Nuggets on Saturday night. The two winners go through to Sunday night's grand final. Well, they've had two weeks. Uh, they've had a week off, the top two sides. Can we see any upsets happening in the uh, semifinals? Well, we saw it last year. The Giants and the Eagles mm. both went through to the final six as seeds one and two, and they both got tipped out what the uh what the rams and the bulls have up their sleeve right now against the tuatata and the nuggets is they've got a game under their belt 
they've got a finals game under their belt and the tempo goes up. I mean, the second game last night, the Bulls getting over the Saints. What, what, what a fantastic last quarter by the Bulls. Mm. And uh, they look good. They look really, really good. So, yeah, the Nuggets and the Tuatata, they go in favourites, as they should, number one and two seed. But they're coming up against teams that are hardened from a finals mm. contest already. And that counts for something. Yeah, it, it, it's always the way in it when you're playing. You're playing that, in that competition and getting game time like you did last night. You you are hardened into that. Do you do you see um, the the tour Tata especially with that a bit of a, a rocky finish to the season? Do you think they can get themselves up for this one? I think they can because they're loaded with experience. They have got the MVP Rob Lowe, Jared Weeks was an All Star mm. Five player, Cam Glidden, Ruben Talangi, the young Charlie Dalton. They've got some good depth mm. coming off the bench. So I think they definitely get themselves up for it. But it's a northern battle. It's a crosstown battle, and you love that sort of stuff. I mean, tonight, if the fans don't turn up for this one for their teams, I'll be stunned because this is a chance for supremacy in this part of the world. And what we do know is once we get through Saturday night semi-final between the two southern teams, uh, the, the Nuggets and the Rams, we're going to have a Sunday final in the Sells NBL where it's north versus south, and I can't wait for that. Going to be absolutely massive, massive, Justin. What chance do you give our nuggies getting up, our night and day nuggies <laughs> getting up? Come on. Yeah, I, 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 I like them, Ricardo. I really like what they've done in the back end of the season. Uh, I think Ja'Cory McLaughlin will continue to be sidelined with that knee injury, and what a blow that was mid-season. He was starring, but Ty Webster's been a massive inclusion. Sam Timmons is uh, high-fiving uh, high because he's just picked up a one-year contract with the Sydney Kings. Uh, Nico McCulloch's come back into that team. And, of course, Todd Withers, all-star five, one of the best players in the competition. And I like the Nuggets. Actually, I, I said a couple of days ago, if I was to pick a team, and I picked the Rams from the start of the season, but if I was to pick an informed team right now, it's the Nuggets. Yeah, good stuff, mate. All right, Justin, thanks very much for getting up out of, out of the scratch nice and early after a late night on the call. Cheers, mate. Justin. Appreciate it. Go well and have a great weekend on the call as well, eh? Thanks, fellas. Cheers. Beautiful. Justin Nelson talking NBL, talking those controversies, and uh, there's one here for you, Kimpy. There's one here for Matt. He's heating up. Blaming the Rams. Seriously. So every second week through history, the coach of the Warriors opposition should give the Wars the points when there's a shocker. Kimpy, come on. Yeah, I, I don't expect anything else from you boys down there in Autotahi. You know, you're, you're, you're used to stealing, stealing wins from people. Well, mate, I, I see, actually see, just to, to spin things slightly, Dagger, are the Crusaders running Canterbury cricket now? Because they've just poached Kyle Jamison from Auckland for the, for the coming domestic season. <laughs> They're learning. They're learning, Well, he spends, he spends a lot of time down here. He's, he lives down here, and oh, it just makes he? sense. Oh, He's oh, always down okay. here, and... So it just makes sense. And, um, do they yeah, offer look, like houses and 10 acre blocks, do they? <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> I had to work hard for mine. Earned, earned, not given. Morning, boys. Hawks, Hawks game sounds like a three metre forward pass, eh, Dagger? Come on. Everyone is bringing back the old clips. Yes, there was a bit of controversy there last night, but uh, the right result. You touched on it, Kempi. When you're a competitor, there's no chance I'm going to go over and say, sorry, that was a gold 10. No chance. I'm doing everything possible to win. If I'm going to have to cheat to win, I'll do it. Oh, they just <sighs> didn't, they didn't recover. They didn't recover. They, mm. you know, the, you watch, it's not the, the gold tendering. You watch the like 30 seconds to a minute post it. 
The coach was like really animated. The players were, you know, absolutely filthy, and they just didn't recover. Is there Australian on your mum's side or your dad's side, Dagger? After that comment, ah, <laughs> uh, this just uh, desire to win oh, at all costs. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, like you don't blatant cheat, but you just push the boundaries right to the limit, and you try and comes up with come up with ways to, you know, push the rules and try and find new ways to just really expand it. So yeah, you know what it is. You know what I mean. Anything to win, but you do it. That, that, that. Um, you know, fairly. <laughs> what, what was the old Bacore mantra? It's not cheating if you don't get caught? Yeah, mate. There yeah. you go. It's not cheating until you get caught. And, well, the Canterbury Rams never got caught, and the Hawks Bay Hawks will be absolutely gutted. Here's a ton of messages, boys. We'll get to these just quickly. Uh, it's been pretty hard to go past last night as an all-time highlight on NZ Soil. The recent form of the women's football team has been nothing short of abysmal. Highlighted by 400 shots on goal against Vietnam, but only converting two. Then to come out and win like that, wow. Not full marks. Uh, full marks because of it's, it's a knockout game, maybe. Same argument could be made for the Black Ferns win last year. Terrible form culture only 12 months previously. Then to come out and get the job done, amazing from Chris. Whew. So good. So a couple more, lads. Start reading. Start reading. Oh, Jamison started here. Give it to them, Dagger. That one from Matt. Yeah. <laughs> told them, mate. I told them. Calm down. Jamo's here, mate. He's just coming home. He's seen the light. And Caleb's come through with a with a uh, a, a bit of a remedy for me. He said, "Get Rick Dog on an inversion table, turn him upside down, put onions on his feet, and kawakawa leaves in his ears and nose. It won't help, but it'll look funny." <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture that. I can picture that. Watch our socials. And then you can start singing. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. digger. Oh, it's been a hell of a morning, lads. I'm, I'm just, I can't get over last night. One from Zane. How good was the Ferns last night? No better way to kick off the cup. And how's the weather looking up in Tamaki Makoto? Uncle Kibi is raining and it's horrible. Hopefully it clears later today. But from a World Cup perspective, uh, Rick Dog Kimpy, they must be ecstatic with what they've watched. That's what this does for the World Cup and New Zealand. They would have been praying that the result was going to happen like that, and but, now it has the sellouts and everything. It's so good. Yeah, but across the Tasman as well, you're dead right. The uh, mm. the Aussies and the Kiwis have really turned it on. You know, co-hosting the World Cup, and they, they couldn't have asked for a better result. Eden Park, um, Full House. Where was where was the Australian one played? No, uh, it was at Sydney. Sydney full like seventy five thousand people watching the Matildas run around. I look, I just, I just can't wait for the game down in uh, Wellington. You know, it'll be great because we haven't seen that stadium full. When was the last time that was full? Probably maybe the Rugby World Cup twenty eleven. That that long ago, that long ago. They'll be so it'll be so good. Wellington, the the home of uh, the Phoenix. You know, you get a lot more. I, I guess you're going to get a lot more noise down there because you're going to. Are we going to see? You know, Josh Cronfield and they were taking a stop off. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, well, I mean, it won't be yellow fever. It'll be a whiteout. It'll be the white zone, mm. white out. So, although maybe maybe it's going to be a blackout now that they've switched uniforms. Don't they look good in black? Yeah. How look? How good is it? <laughs> I did. I did think that. I did think that when they uh, when the commentator, you know, the world feed commentator, Englishman said, "What other colour would they be wearing? All black. All black. Very, very yeah. well said." 
Ah, oh, Richie. Is, is he? Didn't realise you and David Warner are a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't stoop that low to, you know, bring an object onto the field to Have you ever had sandpaper in your pocket? No. Because no. you, you're bold at 138 k's an hour, you keep telling me. <laughs> I don't need sand, but I don't need sandpaper to make the ball swing, Kempi. Oh right? dear! Oh. <laughs> well, I do remember that after that happened, it was Bunnings and Christ- I think it was Bunnings and Christchurch. Was it might have been one of them in Christchurch? They started doing, uh, you know, those beach cricket sets, and you got a free roll of sandpaper yeah. with your beach cricket set. <laughs> <laughs> what about this one? This is the first time I've heard a team from Canterbury winning controversially. <laughs> <laughs> Man, your haters, your haters. I, All right. I wonder if Chris Stay is from on. Wellington. <laughs> he's from, I think he's from close to you guys. So uh, you have a little stab because Ken's only come back once and then I never heard from him again. But I love you, Ken. We appreciate the banter on the show. Keep the banter coming through on double eight double three. A ton of messages there to help you with your concrete pool there at Cadog. We'll pick a winner for that wellness pack as well. Big show ahead. Stay tuned. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Keeping you healthy this winter, Rick Dog. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. I've been keeping my eye on your movement. I can't see no room for improvement. Or why you all over there on your Jack Jones? You need to let me get behind your backbone. Because I'm the man for the job, let me work here. I won't waste no time, I make it fear. 100%, I make it worth it. You got a buddy to die. Yeah, yeah. DJ Dizzy Rascal is in the house. Come on and stay tuned. Smithy coming up. Come on. I've lost the plot today. Is I'm he glad it's Friday. Is he rascal? I might have. Keep uh, it going, mate. You'll be out. What's, what have you, you got on tonight? No, nah, nothing. I'm um, just sat home with the kids. Wife's in Melbourne, so I'm on. But uh, I've got the best help I told you last night. Yeah, yeah, mate. Bag hasn't been, hasn't been doing much, but um, yeah, just family on. And I, I feel like I've got a case of what you've got, uh, Ricardo. Oh, really? Heinekenitis? <laughs> if only. <laughs> if only. Oh. Are you tell- not telling me something here? Oh, no, I don't drink Heineken. practice last night. Carry ons yeah. or what? No, actually, can you give us a line out of your band? Out of your song? Uh, well, I was going to say our, our guitarist canned it last night because he's crook. So he was like, we didn't have oh. band practice in the end because he was crook. So maybe that's something to do with it. So what did you do? I, I sat at home. Well, the missus and the daughter were at uh, ninja, ninja school doing their karate lessons, and I put my feet up and I watched the game. Then I put my daughter nice. up and took her to Macca's at halftime and brought her home and we watched the second half together. So that was good. You don't get lippy, do you? You don't Hell get lippy no. at your I'll tell you what, I do the dishes at my place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't right. have to be asked good. twice. <laughs> What about this one from Brett? Eat powers, especially power pies. Might not help if you've got a cold or sore throat, but they're yum, and you'll have a full puku. And when send all your mates a pick and you're eating power pies, they'll be jealous as, and you get a good self-esteem boost, because usually I just say, let me on it. Brett, I don't know, yeah, okay. That's going to not help your puku, and, man, you feel absolutely guilty after having a... Uh, Guilty feed there. Oh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm not a fan, right? Of power. To me, that'd be like eating a snot pie. Love, I've got enough of I that love, at the moment because they're oh, all just slimy. And love stuff. power oh, pies. Yum.
Nah, you cream power, you cook it up in a pie, and oh, it's so good. you got to try it. you got to try it. Along the East Coast, Gizzy, that's where they do the best power pies. Caffeine, Panadol, Sinus, Rinse, Bro, that'll get you through, Ricardo. So plenty of help. Have you picked one that you like, Ricardo, that you potentially want to give away this pack to? Well, I did I did like uh, that, uh, that we have old vitamin C, Mark C, from out uh, yeah. Pookie. You know, uh, I, I think... I don't think I've seen him text through before, so uh, and he, he gave us a good one. It's one that I like because it's got whiskey in the cure, so uh, that, that definitely helps. Maybe we can ha- get him a little bit healthier with a, uh, a chemist warehouse uh, wellness pack as well, winter wellness pack. There you go, Mark C. Ricardo's picked it from Pukekaui. You are the winner of the uh, wellness pack, valued at over $150, thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Good Vitamin Co. Stay healthy and happy all winter long with Chemist Warehouse, your home of winter essentials. There you go, boys. We're going to have a catch-up with Pip Morris soon and uh, have an update of where the money is heading and we'll also have our Choices Flooring poll results Plenty coming through as well. We'll see where you're leading to. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. It is 27 away from 9 on SENZ, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. And uh, our choices, flooring poll, uh, was what is the biggest sporting result on New Zealand soil, uh, thanks to Choices Flooring. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's room view. The, cho- the, cha- the choices were the Rugby World Cup final in 2011. That is winning, 45%. 32% on the football ferns last night. Uh, then we got, I think, 19% on the Black Cap semi-final win against South Africa. And then uh, coming in last is the 2014 Kiwis win over the Kangaroos in the Four Nations final at the Cake Tip. Beautiful. Beautiful, the ABs. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. It was a pretty special moment in my life, in my career, to be able to win a, um, a World Cup on your home soil. And uh, you can understand the crowd really helped us through that situation, so... I'm hoping to see that last night's performance has inspired many and we're going to see more inspiration coming from our football fans and the crowds will follow. That's what you'd hope for. That's what you'd hope for. You know, I'm looking forward to, I don't think Wellington for the Philippines game was sold out, but it should be by now, mm. if it, you know, especially after that last night because you win that and you, uh, you're through to the playoffs, you're through to the, the knockout rounds, the last 16, which is unheard of for New Zealand football. Beautiful. Let's get an understanding of where the punters are heading. Let's catch up with Pip Morris. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Morning, Pip. How you doing? Friend the team. I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, good, mate. It's basically been football ferns focused, and they got out to nine bucks last night. And did many get on? Did many get paid? Or did you have a night to to boot with Norway? <laughs> Norway going oh, down. Yeah. Many got on, man, especially in play. As soon as they got that goal, they were crunched in, in the market as well. So the Kiwis are definitely turned in, and we probably didn't make that much on that game. I can tell you that much. 
You made twenty dollars off me. I had Ada Hegerberg to score twice. <laughs> Didn't get a sniff. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, it, it was so good to see and so good to watch. And uh, there's plenty going on in the football world cup, but we've got a big game tonight. The Warriors are taking on the Canberra Raiders. Hopefully, the weather plays its part. But uh, where's all the money going for that game? Well, there's been $2,000 on the Warriors, is he 13 or more at $2.60? 1000 on them head-to-head at $1.41. 84% of the head-to-head turnover is on the Warriors to break their reign <laughs> winning loss straight at loss. And the Warriors win both individual halves at 2.40 as the best-backed power play. Can tell you as well, there's been $5,000 on the Warriors to make the top four at $1.50. That was placed yesterday. And a few thousand dollar bets on them to make the grand final over the last couple of days. And they're $12 currently in that market. Yeah, that's yeah, that's still good money at 12 bucks. Hey, Pip, what about the Panthers? They're up against the Bulldogs, your team, the Panthers. Uh, I gave Giddy up a bet this week. It was the Panthers win 12 plus. Brian Toor just scored two tries and Dylan Edwards to score a try. I think it was paying nine bucks. What, what's your thoughts on that? I like it. I think it's what's hard to tip them not winning against the Bulldogs really with what they're doing and, and Dylan hasn't got one in the last couple of weeks so I like that Kempe and and the game of the round too is the other one we're going to talk about I think the Bunnies up against the Broncos a little bit unfortunate obviously with the Trail Mitchell out but Broncos are taking the money 63% of the head-to-head turnover is on them in that game and just quickly back on the women's football I can tell you just on the game's throughout the week. Nigeria and Canada head-to-head's pretty even betting there. Same with the Philippines and Switzerland. Costa Rica's taking most of the money over Spain head-to-head. And before kick-off, it was still US dominating the outright win market. Beautiful. Plenty going on. Look, I'm looking to New Zealand today. We had Paulie Moari on yesterday. And Paulie Moari's horse all night is still running in Hastings, so we won't go there. But New Zealand, there's Addington and there's Whanganui today, and we've got the Greyhounds. You love picking them. I was watching your call yesterday. Did a great job on the TAB channel. Uh, have you got anything for us in terms of the dogs? Yeah, I do. There's a maiden in race number one. Looks like a multi-filler now, having its debut start for Lisa Cole into a dollar seventy-five. But, but looks the dog to beat, and I like a couple for value. The last race is the race number twelve, the three thrilling Alfie. She's eight and two thirty. Think she'll be suited to hat trick. She's got a lot of early speed. The one in that race looks the main danger, but I like her there. So a nice little play for value at eight. Thrilling Alfie, race 12. That's what I want. I want a value. So if you just give me another one, then I can multi that up. So please go ahead. What about um, Big Time Brutal, race number three is off the AC, sevens and $2.20. And I just think he's been crying out for an inside draw. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate your call. Pip, before we let you go, what do you got planned this weekend? I'm working, Izzy. I'll be working and heading off to the kids' rugby game. So looking forward to that. Awesome, Pip. You have a good weekend, and hopefully the punk gods uh, are giving you a bit of good luck. And up the football fans, thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. A couple of little tips there, lads, and the dogs. I like having a wee go on the dogs, but the worst thing about it is your money's gone in about one second. <laughs> You know, two seconds potentially if your dog gets chopped at the start and trips up and misses the jump, eating its bone in the cage or, I don't know, but there you go, thrilling Alfie and big time Brutus.
and uh, race three, race twelve, couple of lead-ins from Pip Morris, and just ask me, Mister Didgeridoo. Look, Kempi, just ask me. Carrying a lot of weight, but mate, it's carried his weight his whole life, and it's performed particularly this year. Yeah, and he's and he's in good he's in good fine form too. You know, like he's uh, he's training the house down and getting him right for the Winter Cup. Look, I wouldn't be surprised uh, tomorrow mm. if they you know they've got a. A few younger jockeys on because they're all caught, um, pulling some weight off the big boy. But mate, you've got the got Jonathan Parks on it. He knows how to get him going. He's he's actually on didgeridoo too. So he takes a break for a month after this, which is unfortunate. We lose him for the Winter Cup because he's been suspended. Um, so he'll ride them out. He'll ride them out. And mm. I think I, I you know I'm just thinking of a little multi if you if you're wanting to have one. I actually think the Warriors to win. You can pick a pick a margin. I actually think it'll be tight. So twelve and under. Um, and I think that have, having those two uh, jam and didgeridoo in it as a place bet in a multi, and you'll, see, you'll, you'll I haven't I haven't checked what that is yet, but it'll be it'll be worth a little tipple because both those horses are going to run it. I think they'll both run in the places at least. Then wouldn't be surprised if they do both win. Would you Would you look at the tri bet? Uh, Either side six and a half or, or the draw. Yeah, look, I've I just can't see the game being a blowout tonight. Uh, one with the weather, and two with the importance that Canberra have put on this too, because they need to finish in the four. So I think the the battle is going to be real tough in the middle of the park, and it's going to be up to to Sean Johnson again. Um, and I don't think they'll let him get away like Cronulla did last week. So it's going to be for me. It's going to be tight. I haven't really thought about try scorers yet, but I just still think the Warriors will get him. All right, Kempe, is that OJ Watts jersey you got on? JJ Watts, that's right. <laughs> JJ Watts. Just have a little, I was just teasing you, give me. I was just teasing you yeah, to see where you're at, mate. Defensive end. You know who it is. Have oh. a look. Come on. I know. 99 Texas. There we go. Texans. Houston Texans. How good. J- TJ Watt. JJ Watt, sorry. And his brother's doing big things at Steelers. Anyway, we'll shoot off, boys. We've got questions coming up. Stay tuned. into Chemist Warehouse and find Calvin Klein Euphoria for Men 50ml for only $39.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Question time, boys. 13 away from nine. Izzy, let's start with you. Who? Who? Who let the dogs out? No, who would you name one of your kids after? I'm talking a former teammate here. Because Neymar, no Neymar said that he wanted to name his newborn Messi if it had been a boy. Now, well, I was, we're talking about this in the office. Kez went, oh, Dagger's old email used to be have another player's name in it. So we're wondering, any chance Arlo <laughs> might have been Carter. called Carter uh, Dag or, or, or Dan Dag? Nah, that, that, was bef- that was before I, I met him. And... Um, then once I met him, yeah, kind of changed my my <laughs> mind. Really, nah, nah. Look, honestly, my 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 work colleagues, yeah, but mates, probably a push. So nah, wouldn't name it after any of them. Oh, which no, one of your work colleagues can't. would you name it, name a kid after? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> I, it was I, I wanted a unique name, and I guess yeah, if you're naming them after one of the players. Yeah, I put a lot of pressure on him as a young kid. He's, I don't want to put pressure on him. So, yeah. Nah, there was no one. Kempi, you want to name anyone? 
Uh, well, it's actually funny because I'm a little bit like, yeah, I, I don't want to name them after the players that I played along with, but I actually did name my son after Yannick Noah, the tennis player. So ah. you know, Yannick Noah, like, you know, I love reggae. I, so, so my son's name, if he, if he was a girl, we were going to call him uh, Marley or Noah, um, uh, Marley or Lucy, and and Noah because I like Bob Marley and and Yannick Noah because Yannick Noah as you remember Rick, mm. um, as he probably wasn't born then either as a great French no. tennis player he used to have used to have dreads when he was playing mate you don't see that on the tennis courts anymore so well, Arlo's named after Arlo Guthrie from Woodstock oh, yeah yeah nice nice there you go there you so go. I did, yeah so when you when you ask who would you name him after well my boy's actually named after Yannick Noah yeah not I took a teammate Noah. but another sportsman yeah alright uh, no, I'm only joking because someone said is he after Arlo Guthrie from Woodstock I said who's that <laughs> I don't know who that is <laughs> you'd sold me mate you sold me <laughs> Alright, let's move on. What? What chance we fill our pockets off Mr. Didgery do this weekend? Yeah, you got every chance. I think you got every chance this week. You know, you got a master master craftsman and uh the Sheik Al Sharok uh down there. He's only got the two runners tomorrow. The only issue you got is they're both carrying top weight. Fifty nine um, kilograms in jams race. They're all carrying fifty three, but they as you know with fifty three you got all the young jockeys, so can they get the job done? Um and of course Mr. Didgery do, he's already won that one race, so he's got that 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 top weight and we've put uh, our good mate on top of him as well um, because we don't want to put a, an apprentice on and claim any weight so can we get paid like I said I just checked out that multi I think if you multi them up you're getting about with the Warriors to win you're getting about four bucks so that's what I'd do nice alright uh, there we go Thanks, uh, this one was you as well Kempi where is the Warriors Raiders match won and lost in the middle of the, like this is the most I've been saying it all week. This is the game of the year. This is top four. So you know that five thousand dollar bet that went on at dollar fifty for top four. They yep. lose that tonight. I don't think they make the four. Okay, oh, okay. It's, it's it's that type of run home for everyone. So tonight actually plays a real critical part. Where's it one? It's just one in the middle of the park, and even more so with the weather. So it's going to close up shop today, and if whoever gets the ascendancy and allows the mm. so if Sean kicks off the front foot. I think we won it. I think if the if the Raiders yep. do a number on us, I think they they could steal it. Tonight's tonight, Kempe. I think dry conditions we know the Warriors can do, but it's the Plan B, Plan C. Whether the conditions haven't suited Brisbane, uh, the Roosters, you know the Rabbitohs, weather's been awful and they haven't been able to perform. So SJ's got to take control. We're probably just going to have to tighten up a little bit. Potentially on our, on our passing and back our skills in the wet, but maybe put the offload away, just real hard edge running league that we're after. The big middle's going to have to do a job up against a big Raiders pack. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, if they can really assure up uh, their skill sets and, and eliminate errors under pressure, um, I think that'll go a long way to, to them winning this game. All right, this one is for old Sandpaper Dag. Uh, when have you conned a ref? <laughs> <laughs> um, <this laughs> oh, I haven't conned a ref, um, but I, I get pretty, you know, pretty cheesy with the refs and the when they come through the changing rooms before the games. You know, I'll give them a little shake, I'll tell them a little joke, have a little giggle, so they smile. Particularly when the calls get a bit dubious, you're like, <laughs> if you give him a little wink on the field and he gives you the call, um, that happens. But uh, look, one that really plays a smile. My dad. Um, used to umpire us for games when I was a young kid. 
He used to give me a LBW every single time. Well, the day I conned my family member was my brother, and he reckons to me after the game, he goes, mate, you are so plum. It hit you right on the toe, in bet- right in line with middle stump. And he looks up, they go, start appealing, and my brother goes, not out. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I knew that it was gone. And my brother had my back. So I've conned my brother. There you go. Kempe? Uh I've only... Done it once. <laughs> Don't lie. Uh, but well, they never had so many cameras back in they, them days. I think I've told the story about Rocky Turner. Have I told that one about Rocky Turner? Well, he didn't finish the game, Rocky, and the referee looked at me oh, when yes. he went back, and uh, he looked at me, and I said, "Wasn't me." <coughs> Wasn't me. Wasn't and uh, me. I ended up spending six weeks when they went back and looked at the video on the sidelines. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I got away with that one. I played the rest of the game, but uh, spent the next six weeks on the sideline. All right. Why do Kiwis keep continually performing above expectations on the biggest stages? Wow. Because we love it. Yeah. Because we love it. We love our backs against the wall mentality. As Kiwis, we love just seeing us going against a big name. To the nation of five million, Matt, we just absolutely love it. No yeah. resources like the others, but thrive on it. Yeah. On it. I just think we fight for oxygen mm. down here. Mm, so. Okay. All right. Final one. This one for you, Dagger, to sign off. How are you keeping Arlo and Tilly busy this weekend on solo dad duty? He's, uh, he's keeping him busy. I, Cut it out. He ain't doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just do what I do best, and that's just be the best dad in the world. And I can't do anything else, so uh, I'll just continue. All right, lads? I'll just show you the way. Stay with Dagger, and I'll show you the way back soon.